人。This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now, with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Some of the most astounding and politically unexpected events are about to be fulfilled, all in fulfillment of biblical prophecy. Today on Viewpoint, you're going to have to anchor your seatbelt to follow the trajectory of these events that are taking place even within the last week, even just the last few days. It is mind-boggling. And so I hope you'll anchor your seatbelt, friend. You might want to put on a, a shoulder harness and a, uh, a heat, a head restraint, because we're going to take a journey across the seas and back and forth between the U.S. and the European Union and Russia and Turkey and Israel, and we're going to see some events that are portraying a picture that is so amazing and happening so rapidly that no one would have ever expected them. You could call it the law of unintended consequences. With the attack of Russia on Ukraine and all of the unfolding events that are taking place, even including the virtual force of Jewish people out of Russia toward Israel. The headline from the Jerusalem Post, Aliyah from Russia, thousands waiting to immigrate. To immigrate. About 4,000 Russian Jews eligible to become Israeli citizens, according to the law of return, though cannot make Aliyah. That means they cannot go back to Israel right now. But why is that? Well, Israel can't, can't receive them. There are too many that are coming. They're coming quickly. Over the past two months, 5,600 Russian Jews immigrated to Israel as part of Operation Returning Home. They traveled on flights funded by the Israeli government received an envelope with cash upon landing, and then took a taxi to a hotel, all fully subsidized by the Israeli taxpayer. Why is this significant? Because the Bible tells us through the prophets, a variety of the prophets, that one of the key events that will precede the second coming of Christ is the return of the Jews to Israel in fulfillment of prophecy. Now, why is that important? Because God entered into a covenant. He entered into a covenant with Israel that he referred to as the apple of his eye. And he said, you know what? I'm marrying you. He married them at Mount Sinai. Israel said, I do. God said, I will. And God doesn't forget his covenant. And God keeps his promises, even though Israel did not. And so, Even as Moses wrote in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, that if Israel did not keep her part of the covenant, she would be dispersed throughout the nations of the earth and would suffer horrendously for many, many decades, if not millennia. But God said, I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to keep my part of the covenant, but you're going to receive a serious spanking for your rebellion. Well, 1,700 years, 2,000 years since the uh, temple was destroyed, uh, excuse me, 70 A.D., when the Romans uh, 
destroyed the temple and uh, took many of the Jews captive to Rome together with the menorah, the golden menorah. Now, God, in fulfillment of his covenant, has been bringing them back since 1948. In fact, since the Balfour Declaration in 1917. All of this is in fulfillment of biblical prophecy. But now there's an intensity, a new intensity. While about a million had come from Russia uh, because of the pogroms that had been established decades ago, now there's a new force from Russia. The Jews that were remaining in Russia no longer feel comfortable or safe there. Just like the Jews that have remained and been in Western Europe, in France, in Germany, and so on, have not feel comfortable there because it's been taken over by Muslims. So what's happening? What's happening is that God is keeping his promises just as was iterated by the prophet Jeremiah who said that God would send forth hunters and fishers would do whatever it was necessary to bring the Jewish people back to the promised homeland. You say, well, is that the promised homeland? Is that the promised land? Well, it's the temporary promised land. It's the land that God promised to the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was a covenant running with the land that God would keep. On the other hand, it's not the ultimate promised land. The ultimate promised land for which the Israeli promised land holds, shall we say, a tentative uh, symbolic part, is, of course, the eternal life with the God of creation, Jesus Christ, his Son. Now, in the meantime, as Aliyah is being made from Russia and from other nations of the earth and will soon be made in greater a force from the United States of America, where nearly 5 million Jews reside, we're going to see some very, very dramatic changes in geopolitics. And many of those changes are taking place right before our eyes, and most people have no consciousness, no cognizance of the import that these are all part of the greater fulfillment a biblical prophecy to usher in the second coming of Jesus Christ. Do I have your attention yet? I hope so. I hope you'll stay tuned, friends, because we're confronting the deepest issues that confront America's heart and home, in fact, now the world's heart and home from God's eternal perspective. It's so good. What a privilege it is to be able to chat with you, to be able to come together with you five days a week live to talk about the things that really matter. Certainly, inflation matters. Certainly, economics matter. Certainly, all of the other kinds of issues that trouble us on our shores matter. But there are some things that matter even more greatly in the mind and heart of God. And they're the things that he actually talked about in his word. Those are the things that we like to talk about here on Viewpoint because they have even greater import for you and for me and for our relatives, for our friends, and uh, for those that we love and care for across the world, particularly professing believers in Jesus Christ. 
since over 90, probably 99% of those who listen to this program are professing believers in Jesus Christ, this is God's warmest audience. And God, in his mercy and in His by his grace and in his love and compassion, wants you to know. He wants you to know what his intentions are. He wants you to know how soon those things are happening, why they're happening, and how you can be prepared. And it's not about going out and buying gold and silver. The government may not have control over gold and silver today, but tomorrow it may, just like it formerly did, and just like Richard Nixon took us off the gold standard in 1971. You'll recall that. It's time to trust the Lord. We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's morals slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. There are two great developments that are taking place right in front of our eyes, and we want to talk about those in specific today here on Viewpoint, specifically, but there are several other items which are the fallout or the unintended consequences of Russia's attack on Ukraine. Today, our purpose is not to say that Russia was at fault or that Ukraine was at fault. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the actual import of what is happening. We can argue the fault lines. Maybe the fault lines lie on both sides. We're not going to talk about that here today. Because if we do that, if we allow ourselves to focus only on that, we will be dealing at the emotional level. We must rise above the emotional level and see things from a biblical level, a bigger perspective, a historic perspective, indeed a prophetic perspective. This headline came from Israel today. Biden to visit Jerusalem with an unprecedented statement. What is the unprecedented statement? That Zion belongs to the Muslims. This is the president who just this week came out with a bold declaration saying that uh, he was uh, the friend of Israel and Israel was the, you know, right beside him and there was just absolutely no breach in commitment between the United States and Israel, between the Biden administration and Israel. And then this, U.S. President Joe Biden is planning a visit to Israel next month. While here in Jerusalem, he said, he would visit the eastern section of Jerusalem in a clear message of support for establishing a Palestinian capital in the Jews' eternal capital. Now try to get your mind around this. This is really big. This is of tremendous import, biblically, prophetically, 
and geopolitically. No U.S. president has ever visited this eastern section of Jerusalem. What is the eastern section of Jerusalem? It's biblical Jerusalem, friends. It's the streets that Jesus trod. It's the streets that his disciples trod. It's where the miracles were performed in eastern Jerusalem. Eastern Jerusalem is, in fact, the Jews' eternal capital. It is the place where David established his first home in Mount Zion, on the lower reaches of the Temple Mount. It is the place also where the Temple Mount is located. Are you beginning to get the significance here? No U.S. president has ever visited this eastern section of Jerusalem. And that stands now when Joe Biden is intending to do this. It stands in stark contrast to President Trump, who prayed at the Western Wall. In addition, the Biden administration had pledged to reopen a consulate for Palestinians in the eastern section of Jerusalem after... Mr. Trump closed the consulate when he moved the American embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. What Mr. Biden is intending to do is reverse all of the progress that Donald Trump made with Israel and the world. Mr. Biden has demanded that he will not be accompanied by any Israeli official, but will meet members of the Palestinian Authority who insists that their capital will be in Israel's undivided and sovereign capital, Jerusalem. Now, today, we're going to find that this word sovereign takes on vast significance. Not just significance with regard to Israel, but significance with regard to the United States of America. Yes, you heard that correctly. And it's all connected with the Biden administration who was announced by Klaus Schwab and by John Kerry, all globalists, World Economic Forum folk, that Joe Biden was the one to usher the world and the United States into or prepare the way for the Great Reset, which is a euphemism for the New World Order. All of these things now are connected Please understand that. These are all connected. So this visit by Joe Biden in June is likely to damage U.S.-Israeli relationships in a very profound way. A Biden visit to East Jerusalem would also be seen as a revocation of former U.S. President Donald Trump's 2017 recognition of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. While a Biden visit to the Palestinian hospital may not necessarily undermine Israeli sovereignty over Jerusalem, it would nevertheless send a message to the Palestinians that the U.S. administration recognize East Jerusalem as the future capital of a Palestinian state. If it takes place, the visit will also signal to the Palestinians that Trump's decisions and measures regarding Jerusalem as a whole are null and void. This is the message coming from Israel today. Biden is currently meeting with Jordanian King Abdullah in Washington to discuss Palestinian violence on the Temple Mount, 
which was stirred up mightily over the past several weeks. The king, Abdullah, is demanding that the waqf, the Jordanian oversight authority, be given total control over the Temple Mount. In other words, to take sovereignty of the Temple Mount away from Israel. Are you beginning to get the significance here? I hope. What we're talking about here is a man, Joe Biden, under whoever's authority he is operating, whether it be a previous president, Mr. Obama. Many believe that Biden is merely a figurehead for Obama, who is really the president behind the scenes. Whatever it may be, Mr. Biden now is representing a position that is radically and totally contrary to everything that the Bible says about Israel, about Jerusalem, and about the Temple Mount. He is taking a position that is as if he has authority over that which God says he chose to place his name there. That is Jerusalem and the Temple Mount. Now this is chutzpah to the max. This is the un, this is untold chutzpah or pride and arrogance that a man such as Joe Biden who uh, tells us continually that he is this wonderful devout Catholic or Christian, yet he defies almost everything that God says. That, my friends, is the spirit of Antichrist. I'm not saying Joe Biden is Antichrist. That's the spirit of Antichrist. Because it's anti-Christ. It's anti-God. It's elevating oneself over God and his authority, over the scriptures and his author- its authority. That's what we're dealing with here. This is profound. It's prophetic, and it's also pathetic that a man such as Joe Biden, at 79 years of age, would arrogate himself to this level for power, perks, and position. But isn't that exactly what the Antichrist himself is going to do? Exactly. But he'll have much more favor than Joe Biden does. So you might want to get a copy of my book, Antichrist. How to identify the coming imposter? Shall we say, how to identify the soon coming imposter? Maybe that would be a better term these days. $22, we'll put it in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. You can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Antichrist. Now, I had not really intended to even to offer that book today, but I just felt that it fit right in right here. You see, people need to understand what the Bible really says about how to identify that person. The counterfeit Christ, the imposter. Because 
If you don't, you'll be deceived with the rest of the world. That's what Jesus warned about. That's what the apostles warned about. Jesus warned them, and they warned us. The deception, the seduction is going to be so great that the majority on this planet, including professing Christians, are going to be deceived. They will succumb. Are you prepared to stand in the evil day? Are you? Don't answer too quickly. A mere confession of faith itself is not sufficient. We're called to live by faith. The just shall live by faith, not just make a confession of faith. God's talking about a living faith. People whose lives actually conform to what they say they believe. Right? Right. And that's why we talk about these kinds of things daily here on the program, because just information doesn't cut it. Information may titillate our ears, but it does nothing to change our lives. What we do here on this program is provide the kind of information in the context necessary so that God, by his Spirit, can use his word to touch our lives and bring change that you can really believe in, change that will make a huge difference in your marriage, in your relationship with your kids, pastors in their relationship with their the people, and the strength and courage with which they deliver a message that before they were afraid to deliver. Now, beyond that, We launch into the rest of the deep here today. Why Finland and Sweden joining NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, will be a big deal. This is the latest news. This, my friends, is almost unbelievable. No one would ever, 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 ever have expected that Finland and Sweden would join NATO. They had, through policies, retained a neutrality, a kind of neutrality, with regard to Russia all these decades. And now, all of a sudden, triggered by Russia's attack on Ukraine, which was designed and intended to accomplish just the opposite of what is now happening. And that is the driving of the rest of the Western nations into the arms of NATO, which is, shall we say, another name for the resurrected Roman Empire promised in the book of Daniel to be the final great empire to rule the world, when Jesus returns. That's what we're talking about here. It's likely to be the quickest NATO enlargement ever, and one that would redraw Europe's security map. Should they apply for membership, the move would have far-reaching ramifications for Northern Europe and transatlantic security. Notice the words, far-reaching far-reaching for security, transatlantic security, 
the largest ever, quickest, largest ever NATO enlargement, redrawing Europe's security map. Friends, these are the terms, these are the words that should catch everyone's attention. A brief look at what Finland and Sweden's membership in the 30-country NATO alliance could mean. Not neutral like Switzerland, Finland, and Sweden traditionally think of themselves as militarily non-aligned. But Russia's war in Ukraine and Putin's apparent desire to establish a Moscow-centered sphere of influence has shaken their security notions to the core. Just days after he ordered the February 24th invasion, public opinion shifted dramatically from 20% 30 years ago to now over 70% in favor of joining NATO. This is huge. We'll be back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint, my friends. Why Finland, Sweden are joining NATO, and it will be a very very big deal. In fact, not just a big deal, a momentous deal. Momentous. Support in Finland for NATO membership used to hover around 20 to 30 percent for many, many years. It now stands at over 70 percent. Almost instantly, in a matter of a month and a half, now they hope for security support from NATO states, primarily the United States in case Moscow retaliates. NATO membership for the two nations, Finland and Sweden, joining regional neighbors Denmark, Norway, and Iceland, would formalize their joint security. Notice what we have here. If you can imagine a jigsaw puzzle, and when you start out, it's very confusing. You have the picture on the front of the box, but you have... 300, 500, 1,000 pieces. Now what am I going to do? You look at the picture on the front of the box and you get some hints about the various places where the colors might fit uh, and, and so on. But you have to start and you start very slowly. But what if something happened as you looked at all of that and almost instantly you were able to put all those pieces together and it took on the amazing image of what you saw on the front of the box just within a few minutes. That's what's happening here. That's what's happening here. Because the image on the front of the box was painted 
in the Bible. It's the resurrected Roman Empire. The fourth great empire of earth, as discussed, portrayed by the vision of the prophet Daniel. First there was Babylon, and then Medo-Persia, that's now Iran, and then the Grecian Empire under Alexander the Great, and then finally Rome. Rome was in place and ruled when Jesus came to the planet the first time. And Rome will rule when Jesus returns. That's what's happening. Rome is moving into position to rule the world. Led by the United States, which is a great-great-grandchild, shall we say, of the ancient Roman Empire and has, in many respects, even brought the usage of the same language that was used to describe Rome, i.e. Pax Romana, Romana, which was the Roman peace, then began to be used as describing the United States. Pax Americana, the American peace. Russia sees America that way. We may not see America that way, but Russia does. Vladimir Putin does. There are others who see America that way. China sees America that way. In fact, in reality, Iran sees America that way. Mr. Erdogan sees America that way. And these are all power structures that seek to rule the world. And let me suggest something else to you. It may shake you, but the Vatican sees America that way. Mm Mm-hmm. Because the Pope envisions himself to rule the world. So, how is he going to do it? Because he's aligned with the Western world. And that's why the Pope has been encouraging both the EU initially and then NATO, but at the same time is trying to curry favor with Russia and with China and with the Muslim world and pretend to curry favor with Israel all at the same time. Why? For the express purpose of choreographing the entire world under the dominion of the Vatican. Which is the geopolitical expression, the smallest state in the world, and yet the geopolitical expression of the ancient Roman Empire. Now that having been said, we go back to what's happening with Finland and Sweden joining NATO. You see, we have to understand the bigger picture. Working within NATO means putting forces under joint command. Accession, 
would tighten the strategic Nordic grip on the Baltic Sea, Russia's maritime point of access to the city of St. Petersburg and its Kaliningrad enclave. Integrated NATO military planning will become a lot simpler now, making the region easier to defend. To defend against whom? To defend against Russia. Putin has demanded that NATO stop expanding and in his May 9th speech just this week blamed the West for the war. From his perspective, he has a right to blame the West for the war. Why? Because he sees America as having fostered and fomented the movement of Ukraine toward separation from all things Russian and to join NATO, which Vladimir Putin sees as a existential threat to Russia herself, threatening Russia's very border. But public opinion in Finland and Sweden suggests that Putin has driven these nations into NATO's arms. Putin has promised a military technical response if they join. But many troops from Russia's western district near Finland were sent to Ukraine, and those units suffered heavy, heavy casualties. So this is in process as we speak. This is almost like an instantaneous development when you look at history, even though it's going to take weeks and months. Next, from the Jerusalem Post. Russia vows response as Finland seeks NATO membership without delay. Finland said yesterday, Thursday, it would apply to join NATO without delay. With Sweden expected to follow as Russia's invasion of Ukraine looks set to bring about the very expansion of the Western military alliance that Vladimir Putin aimed to prevent. Now, what is this expansion of the Western military alliance? Look at the nations that are involved, friends. 30 nations. And every single one of them was part of the ancient Roman Empire. Even Turkey. NATO Secretary General Jen Stoltenberger Uh, Stoltenberg said the Finns would be welcomed warmly, and he promised an accession process that would be smooth and swift. Finland and Sweden are the two biggest EU countries yet to join NATO. It will provide an 800-mile border and more than double the length of the frontier between the U.S.-led alliance and Russia, putting NATO guards just a few hours' drive from the northern outskirts of St. Petersburg, Russia. Finland must apply for NATO membership without delay, said its president, Soli Ninisto, and Prime Minister, Sana Marin. And it must happen rapidly within the next few days. Asked whether Finland's accession posed a direct threat to Russia, Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov said, definitely, NATO expansion does not make our continent more stable and secure. German Chancellor Scholz welcomed Finland's decision to apply to join NATO, the military alliance, saying in a tweet it had Germany's backing. 
but asked on Wednesday if Finland would provoke Russia by joining NATO, Nanisto said, that is, the president of Finland said, my response would be that you, that is, Putin, caused this look in the mirror. Five diplomats and officials said that NATO allies expect both countries to be granted membership quickly, paving the way for an increased troop presence in the Nordic region. NATO describes itself as a defensive alliance built around a treaty, declaring that an attack on one member is an attack on all, effectively granting U.S. allies the protection of Washington's superpower might, including its nuclear arsenal. Do you understand what the meaning of this is, friends? The meaning of this is, if you really take these words and apply them in a biblical perspective, what you're really seeing here is that this is the resurrected Roman Empire, all in the form of a treaty for mutual defense, because you're all part of the same empire. The resurrected Roman Empire. So Moscow regards that as a threat to its own security because it's not part of that resurrecting Roman Empire. But Putin's decision to invade Ukraine has caused a shift in public opinion in the Nordic region with political parties that had backed neutrality for generations now embracing the view that Russia is a menace. Notice what happens with just one attack. Russia on Ukraine, the spilling out consequences, the domino effect, and what is occurring here in the fulfillment of biblical prophecy is nothing short of breathtaking. It's breathtaking. And we're going to follow up on this as we move into the final segment, and we're not even over yet. We have yet some other things to reveal how about China how about global famine we'll be right back have you ever considered what the early church was like Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. The final astounding revelation of our program today will be made somewhere around eight minutes from now. In the geopolitics and prophecy, as we weave these things together to see what is happening 
right before our eyes. Before we go further, I want to, for those of you who are relatively new listeners, and I know we have quite a few relatively new listeners, I want to make available to you my book, King of the Mountain, The Eternal Epic and End Time Battle. For it is said that he who rules the Temple Mount is deemed to rule the world. In reality, that's where all of this is leading. That's the reason why Joe Biden wants to undo what Donald Trump did in establishing Jerusalem as the eternal capital of Israel. There's a reason why Joe Biden is negotiating with the president of Jordan to give total sovereignty and authority over the Temple Mount to the Jordanian walk. Behind the scenes is a force for the resurrection of the Persian Empire and under the uh, control of Islam. That has everything to do with the desire to destroy Israel, the intent to destroy Israel as the little Satan, and to destroy America as the great Satan. It is that country that Joe Biden is purporting to negotiate with to make it easier, ultimately, for them to gain nuclear power. That's what that's all about. Mr. O- Mr. Obama is the one who actually virtually bribed Iran to enter into such an agreement with him so that he could proudly talk about his great deal with Iran. And what was it, about $15 billion that he shipped over to Iran via airplane secretly? Mr. Obama, in love with Islam. Mr. Obama, behind the scenes, pulling the strings with Mr. Biden. You can gain the bigger picture, the biblical picture of this battle for King of the Mountain, the battle for the Temple Mount, where it said, he who rules the Temple Mount rules the world. The great powers of this world, historic powers, are now all moving into their final position to compete to rule the world from the Temple Mount. You'll read about it in the book King of the Mountain. It's an eighteen it's twenty dollar book, yours for fifteen dollars. It's on our website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. You can give us a call at one eight hundred save USA, one eight hundred save USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries. P.O. Box seven oh eight seven nine Richmond, Virginia. Two three two five five. Writing a check at five dollars for postage and handling. If you want that book and Antichrist at the same time, one is fifteen, the other is twenty-two, and you'll only need seven dollars postage and handling. You'll save three dollars by buying the books at the same time. Okay. So much for that. So Russia is outlining the shift on Ukraine's EU bid. 
The European bloc is morphing into an extension of NATO, says Moscow. And they're absolutely right. The European bloc, that is EU, is morphing into an extension of NATO itself. Moscow has reversed its stance on Ukraine's bid to join the European Union because the once purely economic organization has become a purveyor of hostile policies with a global outreach, said Russian Foreign Minister Lavrov today. He's right. Regardless of what you think about the motivations on both sides, he's right. That's exactly what's happening. He was explaining why Russia, which had previously been amenable to the prospect of Ukraine becoming a member of the EU, has now made a U-turn on the issue. Because he sees, here's what he says, the EU is turning from the constructive economic platform that it was originally meant to be into an aggressive militant player that has ambitions stretching far beyond the European continent. Lavrov cited rhetoric used by the European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen during her visit to Japan earlier this week. She praised Tokyo for siding with the Western nations that have imposed economic sanctions on Russia over its military operation in Ukraine. Then here's how she said it. She described Russia as the most direct threat to the world order. Now we have another term that's brought in, the world order. From whose viewpoint? She says its close relationship with China and both countries' opposition to the U.S. and its allies was worrying. That's understandable. But she said, like the European Union, Japan understands what is at stake here. Not just Ukraine's future, not just Europe's future, but the future of a rules-based world order. That, my friends, is what this is all about. This is about the establishment of the resurrected Roman Empire for the end times, just as Daniel the prophet prophesied, to set the stage for the one world Western global government that will produce a counterfeit Christ to rule the world. In the name of democracy. All right. Mr. Erdogan says Turkey is not supportive of Finland and Sweden joining NATO, even though Erdogan heading up a nation called Turkey is a member of NATO. Why would Erdogan not be in favor? Because when Turkey became a member of NATO, Turkey was then a secular Muslim country. Mr. Erdogan has turned Turkey into a rabid Islamic, fundamentalist Islamic country. Therefore, a resurrected Roman Empire of the West is now appearing dangerous to Mr. Erdogan, who himself desires to establish a global Islamic caliphate to rule the world as a resurrected, not resurrected Turkey, but resurrected Ottoman Empire that once ruled the world. 
Are you beginning to see the picture here? I hope. Anti-Russian sanctions are triggering global food and energy crises, says China. The Western sanctions campaign to punish Russia over the Ukraine conflict will backfire, causing suffering around the world while failing to promote peace in the former Soviet Republic, said a top Chinese diplomat to the UN Security Council. He's right. That's exactly what's happening. Triggering, sweeping food, energy, and financial crises across the globe. What did the Bible say was one of the premier characteristics of the end times? Famine. Read about it in Matthew chapter 24, out of the words of Jesus himself. And now we come to something shocking. The National Institute of Health chief is now confirming that the coronavirus data was concealed by the United States at China's request. The successor to Francis Collins as a director of the National Institutes of Health confirmed to Congress that his agency complied with Chinese scientists who insisted that the genomic sequence of the virus that caused COVID-19 be concealed. So the National Institute of Health eliminated from public view the crucial virus data from the lab in Wuhan, China. Now, let's put that in context with this final piece. I hope you're listening. Biden is handing U.S. sovereignty to the World Health Organization in two weeks. From May 22nd to 28th, the 75th World Health Assembly will convene at the United Nations headquarters in Geneva, Switzerland, with delegates from 194 nations to formalize an international pandemic treaty that will supersede the U.S. Constitution and centralize global power under the word World Health Organization called WHO. The WHO, World Health Organization, has for years been infiltrated and controlled by the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP. In January of 2020, when the virus first appeared in Wuhan, China, the WHO spread CCP propaganda that the virus was contained. Oh, and now we just discovered the testimony under oath that the National Institute of Health actually worked with China to hide or conceal the source of the virus. In March 2020, the World Health Organization then pushed democratic nations to implement the totalitarian powers the Chinese government inflicts upon its 1.5 billion citizens, lockdowns, mandates, vaccine passports, digital health, and surveillance. The pandemic treaty that Mr. Biden is going to put push in a week or two will give the World Health Organization and the CCP the political clout to frame global narratives and control to advance China's hegemonic ambitions, and Biden has made clear that he will defer to the CCP's commands. In January 2022, the Biden administration submitted amendments to 13 articles of that treaty, ceding U.S. sovereignty and legal authority to the CCP-controlled World Health Organization. If these amendments are approved, 
the World Health Organization, who will have the power to declare an international health emergency, nullifying the power of nation states, including the United States of America. This was done in the dark of night on January 18th, 2022. Biden officials proposed these amendments and pushed other nations like Canada and the UK to sign the treaty, but made no official statement or held a single press conference so the public would know about it. Now, do you really think some of you have thought we're talking about conspiracy theories here? No, we don't do conspiracy theories on this program. I have avoided those like the plague for decades. Not interested in conspiracy theories. We're interested in facts. We're interested in the trajectory of truth as it relates to biblical truth. Why? So that you and I will take seriously the warnings of Scripture to prepare the way of the Lord in our lives for history's final hour. That's what Jesus did. That's what his all of it discourse in Matthew chapter 24 was all about. He said, take heed that no man deceive you. He said, he that endures to the end shall be saved. He didn't mean he that lives to the end. He meant he that will stand and stand and stand for truth and righteousness and will live accordingly shall be saved. No, he didn't say you have to, you can earn your salvation by standing. That's by grace through faith. But you must stand. Here's our problem. As professing Christians in the Western world, we don't even know how to stand anymore. We don't even know what the Word of God says, nor do we seem to care. Because we're going to do it our way. We pick and choose what we want to believe, what we want to obey. But the Scripture says to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. I hope, my dear friends, that you're taking seriously the warnings that are coming to prepare. Whoever has the hope of the second coming of Christ in him, according to the Apostle John, will purify himself even as Christ is pure. It's time for many to repent, to confess and then repent and prepare the way. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.